Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the FPL Hangover Podcast, where we raise the bar and lower the tone. All things FPL related, we are back and relaxed after our summer vacations. Shorter than usual, but we're here and we're going to bang out a couple of pre-season pods before the fixtures get announced and this circus starts all over again. But before I can continue, please allow me to introduce my podcast partner in crime. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? Very good. Good to see you again after uh, a long yeah, summer yeah. off. How's your uh, holiday? It been? has been uneventful. It's been probably the shortest break we've had from FPL since whenever, like since ever, because of the whole restart thing. Yeah, are we not? We're not going to pretend like oh, we haven't spoke to each other in weeks and uh, things like that for the uh, the listeners um, and viewers here. We yeah, shit. I should have I should have followed your signals there and just. Went along, but instead I did a Seamus and completely sandbagged your your joke. <laughs> well, we're uh, well, we'll we'll be honest with our listeners and viewers as we always are, and uh, that's why they're here, right? To hear who we think are shit at FPL and good at FPL as options. I imagine season, you're right? here for so much more Seamus, but you did mention something quite interesting there. You said viewers, and that is right. If you are listening to this, as you most likely are, through an audio medium i.e. Spotify or whatever other platforms you listen to that. Uh, we're also coming to this, this season in YouTube. So this is a video just like the end of season review. This should be up on YouTube. <laughs> I'm saying all this, you know, hoping everything's going right. But this is being recorded live and you will be able to see our precious little mugs live on YouTube uh, the same time you can see this uh, on your audio platforms. So if you want to check it out there, now is your chance to, to switch. But... Welcome back to the FPL Hangover. And uh, yeah, Seamus, how has your FPLing been since since the game launched? Not not a mere week ago. Uh, it's been constant. Constant is a good it, word for it. Being online, taking with my team. Not uh, an hour goes by in work without me making another transfer, despite the fact there are no fixtures. Um, it's just good to try and see... You know, what does my team look like if I go with this type of formation? What if I go with one premium striker and one mid-price and uh, junk third? What does that allow me to do with the rest of my team? What if I go all premium in midfield? What if I go premium defense? You know, it's good to kind of mess around with these things. So I sent you a draft earlier on today, and I was actually surprised that that's my team because uh, I obviously made those changes uh, yesterday, and I don't recall making those changes, but that's the oh, position yeah, we're in right now. Similar. We're getting prepped for this episode, and going through a couple of picks that you'll see along the way but uh yeah i'm the same looked at my team and went why have i only got one forward in there but you mentioned no fixtures and i think that's the key at the moment i just don't it doesn't feel like it's really began yet i mean this is the first time i can remember fpl launching without fixtures right yeah it is and there's been i've seen a lot of people on on my timeline on twitter you know, this is where I do most of my interacting with the, uh, the social community. And some, yeah, some people out there seem to be, I mean, teach your own, but kind of spoil sports. They don't seem to be like uh, in getting involved in the whole, yes, FPL is back. We can talk about FPL and talk about player prices. And uh, we can mess around and tinker with like kind of formation changes. And this is the setup I want to have. I think it's actually quite refreshing the fact that there's no fixtures, but some people seem to take the opposite view. They seem to be like, 
well, without fixtures, what's the point of even changing your team or making transfers? Like, well, it's good to kind of at least see how a structure kind of works from a price point kind of view, you know, kind of have a few ideas in your head. And then when the fixtures come out, you can go, well, you know what? There was a time I was looking at a 4-5-1 draft that worked really well. Or there was a time I was looking at like uh, big at the back, big in midfield and junk strikers that I kind of want to go with. Something like that. So you can kind of mess around with it. So to be saying anyone who's making changes in their teams are pathetic or whatever. Like, <laughs> Well, I, do, okay, I think like, you're being, I think, it's, you know, <laughs> have a bit of enjoyment that's in a your little... life, you know. Have a beer and fucking a little extreme, Seamus. I, I mean, I haven't seen anyone going. Oh, you're making changes in our fixtures. You're pathetic. Get back at the line. You're pathetic. pathetic. Uh, no, pathetic. I do. I do see their point, though. Uh, it does feel a little. Yeah, you I'm, would. I'm, I'm a spoil sports. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, you know, I'm not like I wasn't talking specifically <laughs> about you, but because I, I imagine you had my team. It. I did my team. I, I've taken part. I haven't shared any pictures. I mean, there's endless drafts going around, and they do seem a little like uh, shallow because, as we said, like it, that all changes. I mean, like let, look at this uh, last week. We've seen both Manchester teams knocked out of Europe, so we were looking at a possible blank, and we we may still be looking at it. I don't know if that's ruled out yet. That's my own ignorance, but. We we were looking at Man City and Man United being rested for the, you know, getting in a couple of extra weeks off and maybe missing the start of the season. Should that would have completely changed anyone's lineup? Am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely. And when we discussed this last week or whenever we were discussing it last, I don't know if it was between just you and I or if we mentioned it on the pod. annual but... general meeting that we had. Is that what AGM stands for? Boom. Yeah. Smashed it. Stands for. But uh, yeah. So I can't remember if this is like being committed to YouTube already or a pod, but we were discussing it that look, game week one were probably the drafts I was making in there when the game launched was assuming I wouldn't have any many United players or City players. But then City was the most surprising one. The United game, you could see potentially they could lose to Sevilla. There's not too much between them, but there was kind of such a big gap between City and Leon, at least a larger gap that we all expect the City to go yeah. through, didn't we? Um but Pep, uh, he over overthunk it, and uh, they got their just desserts. And uh, yeah, it's very very uncertain. Even the great uh, Ben Krellen with his spreadsheet magic isn't a hundred percent on it. When I last looked, now maybe he's found out more since then. But until the fixtures are released on the twenty first, we won't know if uh, City or United have a game week one fixture. I mean, if they don't, I'm sure they will in game week two. It would be a disaster if they didn't have a game week one, but had a game week two fixture because. When I was looking at them possibly both getting to a final or something like that, I thought, well, you know what? They may not be back till game week three. And I don't mind like wildcarding again in game week three, but I don't want to wildcard in no, game week two. I think uh, that would have been, that would be disastrous. And as you said, their fixtures are due out on the 21st. We are recording this on the 18th. Now it is late on the 18th, so it won't be released until tomorrow, the 19th. So it'll only be a couple of days before the fixtures come out and probably com- you know make this no. podcast completely fucking redundant but that's <laughs> no it's just a caveat but it is a caveat to what we're probably going to discuss tonight when we're talking yes. about setting up our teams and you i'm know. just happy to be back in the saddle like i i say like the break has been the shortest we've had um in the last previous two years but at the same time this is probably the most anxious i've been to get back in it and maybe that's because the the restart for me kind of wet my appetite a little bit there's still a shit ton of lockdown going on in ireland especially there's loads of you know shit creeping back up again you don't know 
what's going to kind of be around the corner, especially with sporting events and stuff. But uh, the football was a real kind of uh, a real distraction from all that nonsense. And to see it disappear and come back so quickly is a relief. You know, I think that's that's probably why I'm hmm. so happy to to get back in the saddle. And it came a little early in terms of production wise. I mean, screens and and whatnot isn't exactly where I wanted to be, but there's moving images, and I think the audio is pretty clear. You've you've got your new mic, Seamus. That's the, the season. I know it was in the last episode, but that's continuing into this season. And the audio fidelity. Yeah, this is this is new for us. If you hadn't checked out the last uh, the last pod and our last couple of pods you know up to uh you know the uh COVID-19 lockdown break we used to pod in, in your gaff and uh in the FPL hangover studios but we had to uh do this remotely now so we're kind of like all the other pods and I like the fact that we used to pod together but you know legal requirements uh mean that we have to be separated now and I gotta do it from my home so I do need the proper equipment so I got myself uh, a nice little uh blue mic and uh it's not as fancy or nice as yours but uh it still costs a pretty penny and hopefully the audio quality yeah is much exactly. better. uh yeah no you have the new mic and i do miss the the you know in the same room recordings but i'm also happy to be trying new shit i think i said that at the end of the last season happy to be kind of experimenting with yeah. this remote viewing and maybe we even get a live stream out before the season kicks off there's only a couple of weeks yeah but, um I think actually this is a good opportunity because you know we're going to kick on into FPL players and who we like and stuff at the moment. But like maybe this is a good opportunity. I don't think we we're even planning on doing this to introduce ourselves as who we are. Maybe you've never listened to the FPL Hangover before because this is episode one of what is now our third season. Um, yeah. You know. So yeah, I'm Seamus. You're Jer. We're both from Limerick, Ireland. We talk shit about FPL. We drink beer. <laughs> I'm drinking Jameson and, uh, and ginger ale right wine. now. And uh, you're drinking wine, yeah. You're you're turning into a bit of a wine drinker, the classier. I think the word you're looking for there, Seamus, is alcoholic, because uh, <laughs> wine just gets your buzz on a little bit quicker, you know. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that famous quote? Wine is fine, but whiskey's whiskey quicker. Yeah, quicker. That is. Suicide is slow with liquor. I believe that was from Ozzy Osbourne, and I I'm delighted to have worked an Ozzy quote into the start of season three. But you're right, Seamus. Maybe we should have introduced ourselves a bit more. I suppose I take things for granted. You are Seamus. I am Jer, and we are the FBL Hangover. I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, one of the- we don't really need to go too much in there. We're veterans what 12 this is our 13 14 season last veterans year was our 13th. is becoming a word that pisses me off a little bit um i like and we use it and it's there and i'm just kind of like it is too fucking arrogant i mean i don't know i probably shouldn't even be doing this on the podcast veteran yeah. just means old you know it doesn't mean yeah. like we're, we're good. at the bar we've lost a leg <laughs> or two i've seen Mane triple captain get a one when Salah fuck Salah fucking you know bangs in whatever he got um i know i picked the most recent <laughs> event as opposed to yeah. you know maybe mention the time you know you had sewer downing yeah, in your team yeah, or exactly. something yeah that'll tell you how long it will playing. but uh one of the things that never fails to tickle me for the new fpl seasons is reclassifications and this year there wasn't you know it wasn't absolutely shocking but there was definitely a couple worth talking about. And I think on top of that list was a Mr. P.E. Aubameyang. I assume he's he's moonlighting as a P.E. teacher. That's, that's the way I read it. But uh, yeah, he switched from forward to midfielder and uh, has seen a price rise from 11 million up to 12. 
But yeah, reclassification, Seamus. Give it to me. What have you got? Yeah, uh, the reclassification makes it much more appealing. I'm surprised he went from 11 up to 12, um, considering at the end of the season he was pretty much close to his starting point uh, or starting That's price trying, again. He had an amazing balance season. Out the, the midfield kind of potential, I suppose, there. Yeah, it's the. I think it's the position change. Now, last season he had 205 points, which was the same as his uh, his first full season. Um, he obviously had the half season before that. He's been a consistent points scorer in FPL. So uh, when the Golden Boot, the uh, season before last, but 205 points would have actually been 230 points when adjusted for playing in midfield last year. Um, he would have had an extra 22 points for goals, an extra 10 points for clean sheets, but he would have lost seven points on the bonus. Because as you know, when you're playing as a forward, a single goal is quite often enough to get you uh, a lot of bonus. Look at Danny Ings last year, for example, of that. But yeah, when you're playing... When you're playing midfield, often you need a second attack and return as a goal uh, to get a goal um, or something like that, or to get the bonus. So he would have lost seven on that, and that's just something to be aware of for all positions, um, including you know uh, another man who was uh, classified from a forward last year to a midfielder this year. Before we Marcus get Rashford. to Rashford uh, himself, back on Aubameyang, what do you make of him switching yeah. to midfield? Does this make him more of a, an option, less of an option? Makes him more appealing. Um, the problem is it puts him in that category with all the other premium players like Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Mane, Salah. You've got Bruno Fernandes. It's really hard to afford all these guys in midfield. Like we all want these. There's like also the likes just underneath those like Son, maybe uh, Pulisic who had great seasons last year. If you have all these guys at around the same price, you're gonna have to leave someone out. So while Aubameyang is really really interesting and. I'm pretty sure there's going to be times this season I'm going to have him. Um, you know, you, you could just find yourself with uh, with no option to get him if you've got, like, for example, Salah and De Bruyne, Salah Sterling yeah. or something like that. It's really hard to get it's, three of those guys in. It's funny, like, we mentioned him being probably the most significant reclassification. And as you said, it's because the midfield this season is such a packed, uh, you know, a packed, a stacked deck in terms of options. Like you have across the variety of teams, you have top class options in a, you know, pretty expensive brackets. I mean, if you were to ask me and looking at the, the mids as they are, I suppose the, mo- the, the, the cheapest premium midfielder, in my, in my opinion, is Sun. I think nine million is uh, pretty much a, a bargain in terms of what he can get you. But. Everyone on top yeah. of that, your your KDBs, your Sterlings, your your Aubameyang now, your Salas, your Manas, they're all pretty fucking expensive. And you kind of you touch on it there. It's the season where you you're just not going to be able to get everyone. You know, like you can't have them all. And we, yeah. last year we were talking about big at the back. This year, is it fair to say it's pretty much big at midfield, or do you think we've learned lessons from last year? Feels, that, yeah, I think I agree with that. It feels that way. Um, but there was a logic. Of- behind going big at the back last season and I don't think that should be completely forgotten just because it didn't work if you actually went with it and stuck with it it actually would have worked out just fine for you uh, there was value at cheaper prices the likes of Lundstrom you know for example is the one that stands out from last season but uh, I think if you went big at the back you know you would have been proven right over the long term season what I'm going to try and do this season <clears throat> I just mentioned it briefly is I'm going to try and avoid just spending too many transfers in defence and goalkeeper, I changed my goalkeepers three times last season. I made like at least one of them, I think, was on a wild card. 
So, but I did spend at least two of my you know thirty-eight one-week transfers on goalkeepers. Shouldn't need to do that. I would. I didn't do the analysis, but I would imagine a good ten of those were on defense as well. Switching around, I remember getting the likes of Kelly didn't really work. Switched him out. One stage I got Bali in, then I changed him to Darty, who eventually was just the guy to settle on. Should have just made a decision earlier and stuck with them, stuck through them while they were blanking, knowing that points would eventually come. So I want to spend most of my transfers this year in midfield, and that's probably going to be. It's with credit to uh, Late Riser, you know the guy uh, who's been on the Fantasy Football Hub. He was number one in yeah, India that's this like year. His second time winning uh, in India, isn't it? It's his second time winning in India. A serious uh, FBL player. Got to give him props anyway. But um, one of the things he was doing this year that I never used to do, and it's something I want to consider a bit more and probably will try and implement a small bit this season, is switching between mids uh, and premium players, not just mids, forwards as well. Switching between premium players for captaincy, not being afraid to take points hits if I think somebody's worth it. But you got to choose your moments. It's a boxing match. you got to choose your punches. Okay, so I'm going to be kind of doing that a small bit. The likes of Kevin, I can imagine being in my team all season. But Kevin. I can see myself so having Salah first, for five minutes. A first name basis here. That's just going to be Kevin for the rest of the season? Not necessarily. He could be also Kev. called Kev. Okay, okay, just so I know. Yeah, Kev or Kevin. But yeah, first name basis because the man is, did it did the business last year. But the likes of Salah, I can see myself having Salah five weeks, jumping off over to Aubameyang for three weeks. Okay, time to move over to Sterling for a couple of weeks. Um, and I want to kind of... Yeah be fluid like that I want to spend my transfers on the guys that are going to propel me up the league I don't want to be spending my transfers kind of going you know what Suchek could be an option here for fucking three or four weeks no that's yes if you're getting on him for three or four weeks you've got to sit on him as a season keeper as your like fifth choice midfielder set and forget someone that you're just going to play there or bench fodder no point um, no point getting on him for a couple of weeks well you know you know I mean like he's five minutes that kind of just completely disregards fixtures no yeah, but the likes the guys who are going, you should be looking at fixtures that are your more premium guys, your likes, maybe not the ex- absolute premiums, but the likes of Pulisic. Chelsea got a nice run coming up. I'm going to get Pulisic. I'm going to get Ziyech. I'm going to get Werner. Yeah. You know, United have a good set of fixtures. Time for Martial for a few weeks. Get him in. Things like that. Uh, I don't, and down as far as maybe about 6.5, but I don't expect any 6.0 players in midfield or attack to be... Like, you know, maybe get them in for a good set of fixtures, but if they get one or two returns, you're, yeah. you're happy. I'm not expecting huge returns. And what I want to use my transfers on are those, like, you know, top players that can have big point swings that can propel Fair you enough. up the league. The guys I'm Fair probably enough. going Fair to enough. captain. I, I want to have a bit more few transfers this year to use on those, as opposed to that 4.5, 4 choice no, defender, no, I do, you know? I get you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be here this time, you know, next year, talking about how it all went wrong. <laughs> and uh, you should have been changing yeah. your your uh, your fringe players, but you mentioned Rashford, and I cut you off, and I won't do it again. My apologies. He is another reclassification. He has gone from forward at eight point five up to a nine point five midfielder, and uh, considering someone else who we'll get onto later, i.e., Martial swapping from midfielder to forward. Uh yeah, what do what do you make of him as you know one of the new reclassifications? Does he does he tickle your your fancy, Seamus? Yeah, well, I think it's hard to speak about Rashford without talking about Martial almost at the same time, and to an extent Greenwood. Yeah, um, another player who's been changed from a forward to a midfielder. Um, but we'd stick with Rashford and maybe Green 
Greenwood for a moment because they're both former uh, you know, attackers, forwards that are now midfielders. Rashford's got a price increase from 8.5 to 9.5. Greenwood, 4.5 to 7.5, which is huge. That's about as, ma- the, the, as large I thought he was going to come in at. Um, for, you know, just argument's sake, before the game week launched, uh, before we saw the prices, I did my own price predictions for the main players I was interested in and what I thought they would come in at and their value. And, you know, if I thought it would be... Yeah. That way, I could compare when the prices came in, regardless of fixtures. You could jack off if you got it right. Greenwood, I predict seven point five. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Greenwood is somebody who I predicted at seven point five, and he came in at seven point five. People were saying he's going to be at least eight, at least eight point five, and I was like, no, they can't put him up that high. But seven point five was about as high as I'd go, and that's actually what he came in at. So he still proved could be really good value this season. If Sancho well, I mean, that's in. what I was going to mention um, there in regards to, like, do you feel that if maybe the Sancho deal had got wrapped up earlier, I mean, I suppose it's a bit redundant, but of course that would have had a knock-on effect on Greenwood's pricing, you know, if, if United had brought Sancho in at the start. Because, you know, he's definitely taken minutes off Greenwood. I don't know if Greenwood's maybe. price is necessarily justified, uh, considering he mightn't keep the yeah. starting place. Well, look, last year, Greenwood yeah. had 10 goals in the league alone. Like, he, what, 19 or 20 um, in all competitions? Um, but 10 in the league, okay, um, He that would be translated into an extra 10 points as a midfielder. He also would have had an extra 6 points for our, uh, clean sheets. He would have lost 5 bonus, so that's an improvement of 11. So he would have got 114 points as a midfielder. Now, 7.5 is a lot of money for 114 points, but considering how little he was used at the start of the season and he was just kind of a backup and how much how much he's probably going to be used this year, you know, I would imagine I can see him getting 140, 115 points next year. Now, maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe he doesn't get that many minutes. Maybe he just hmm. has a dry spell. But he look, the man looks, you know, destined to score goals. He knows where the net is. He's got a foot like a traction engine. And uh, I think 7.5 could be like... One of those players, if I can't quite reach to Bruno Fernandez, I think Greenwood could be thrown into a lot. Of, and I think he will be in a lot of well, teams I mean, as a result. Like you kind of mentioned Fernandez there. And I think when we're talking, as you said, with Rashford, we got to mention Greenwood. And we got to mention Martial. I think with the three of them, we also got to mention Fernandez. I mean, Fernandez is pretty much nailed on penalties now. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, there was a bit of doubt towards the end of the last season whether he was rotating with Rashford. But based on the last couple of matches, for me, I don't doubt it. Like it's Fernandez's, uh, it's his spot to take. So I don't doubt, and he came in at ten point five this season. I don't doubt that he'll be the talisman for Man United, and he's the one I'm looking at. I don't know if that's reflected in the draft. I'm going to show him whenever, but uh, he, I know he's actually the one I'm looking at. And in terms of Rashford and Greenwood, both midfielders now three Man United midfielders. Are you looking at doubling up? And I know, again, fixtures are going to fucking change all these uh, answers. But, like, do you think it's, you know, considering how big midfield needs to be um, in terms of how, how many options are there, how many expensive options there, is it worth plumbing for a Rashford or a Greenwood as opposed to a Fernandez? And s- saving yourself that three mil if you're, if you're a Greenwood owner. Well... There's not a whole lot between Rashford and uh, and Fernandez, and I think Fernandez is going to have. Look, you're, 
people are right what they say. He's not going to get however many twenty penalties. You're not going to get twenty. There's penalties no sign next of it stopping. They go. But they could, <laughs> it could yeah. easily get ten. They could easily get ten, and that's fifty points straight away. And he can score from open play quite easily. He didn't do too much this season, but he did it. You know, he wants three or to four score. Times. I think is the main thing for this. He loves. He shoot, loves the shot. You know? He really loves the shoot. He's got supreme confidence, and uh, you know he's uh, and assist, he makes assists as well. So, like, I think he's going to be excellent value for ten point five. He was one of the first players whose prices I was interested in. Uh, for let me have a look. What did I predict him at? I predicted him at eleven this season. So he's actually coming underpriced. So that tells me that I think he's undervalued a small bit. And when that the fixtures are good, you that. You t- it tells you that you could have possibly overvalued him. It could have no, but to my <laughs> my understanding of what I think he would be worth would be eleven mm. million. I think he's worth eleven. I think the FPL is usually pretty good. I mean, a lot of those prices I've got there are what I think they will prove their yeah. value. Hangover at. tangent. Uh, I think so. the FPL are being massively influenced by the Twitter sphere uh, in terms of just that seems to be where the majority of uh, interaction is and you know how so much shit is driven by interactions and whatnot these days that you know based on the official FPL Twitter account and how that's varied itself in the last year or two years that it's been there um, do you think that's I, I think that's had a knock on effect on the prices like they have to be considering narratives and and things that people are saying i mean there's lots of people that talk a lot of sense so why wouldn't they you know there's a bit of that um i think they have broadly underpriced a lot of players this year i don't think it's because people want cheaper prices i think it's probably got more to do with the fact that there's so many good players in the game right now they've taken the strategy that yeah well look we can't make all these players you know 12 Mm. million you know, you can't just go, he's 12 million, he's 12 million. There's no choice. So I think what they've said is because the abundance of players are useful additional players in the game, they've kind of gone, well, look, here's all the options you have. And they're all semi-affordable. Now you've got to make the decision as an FPL manager who you want. But you're going, you can't have them all. So you got to admit somebody. And then that leaves you and I in the position that, oh, man, Sterling was nailed to my team with Kevin at the start of the season. But now I can get <laughs> like... going to crack me up every Z- time. <laughs> I keep thinking of Home Alone. <laughs> I know. It's kinda, so do I. But I mean, to be fair, yeah. I think even the KDB thinks of himself as Home Alone. He's done the ad. You know? he, he looks like an adult. He's done the ad. Dog. He's done the aftershave I don't even... uh, gif. At least, at least the internet's made me think that. I don't know if it exists. I don't know what's <laughs> fucking real anymore, Seamus. But uh, no, no, you're right. Yeah. And I suppose like we could go further into Man United and what we're looking at. But we might as well save that and kind of shit until the fixtures actually come out because as I said maybe we do want to double up on United maybe we don't maybe the fixtures are shit can, like, I, can I get you can. one final word in on Rashford because I never actually spoke about it. and I can sp- speak about Martial as well just about talking about position changes uh, Mar- uh, Rashford for a start got 177 points last season would be 199 had it been adjusted for a midfield position would have lost 4 on bonus but would have got an extra 17 for goals and 9 and for, for context, clean sheets so Where that would have been 199 put Rashford in. Like, what kind of midfielder scored those kind of points? Well, 200 is anything over 200 is what you want. I mean, if I look at no, it last year, let me just pull up pull how up. many players just, scored more than just, You know, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I would say that would probably put him in same level as Abamyang last year. Abamyang got 205 yeah. points. Um, 
Ings got 198 or something like that, I believe. So about the same price as Ings from last year as a forward. Um, so he's priced at 9.5. 200 points for 9.5 is really, really good. And uh, I think it's worth it. So I think his value this season is going to be quite a lot. Now, he's not on penalties. I think he scored six penalties last year. Okay, he missed a couple as well. So he's... 17 goals could be reduced, but I think he's the sort of player that's improving each season. I can still see him getting 13, 14 goals this no, year. No, no, completely. Maybe a bit more, maybe a bit more. So he could be well, exceptional value. What's he get actually? It's like 18, I think 19 he might goals, actually... isn't it? That's 17 league goals. I did not realise he nearly hit the 20-digit mark. Especially, you know, I know he was out for a little while, but like, I just didn't feel like he was, you know, up there, but... He hasn't been the same, it hasn't been the same since his back injury. I've watched him so many times. I've had him in my team and I've watched him in Champions League and he looks I, like he's struggling. I'm hoping this summer yeah, break might I don't want to armchair manage too much, but I probably tend to disagree with you there a little bit. I think it's a bit more complex than that. I think um, with all the shit he's been doing off off the field, all the fantastic work he's been doing off the field, um, that has to take a bit of focus off your, you, if you're asking me. Like just, but look, as I don't really want to go into it, I think it's speculation. I'm, I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at, and I feel that yeah, mm. bar a few games like you know where he you know was probably one of the better players in the pitch, he has looked pretty much off it since the restart. Chris Crystal Palace game, yeah. he looked on it. Uh, Southampton game, he did. I think he got a goal and assist in that. Didn't look particularly good. He just, you know, Martial toe poked at him. He couldn't miss from there. Uh, I think he got an assist as well, possibly. But he, um, apart from those two games, a lot of games I've seen him in, he was just, you know, Martial was the guy to go for. You know, Green was on fire. Bruno was excellent. Um, But himself and Pogba since the restart haven't been great. And uh, I'm hoping they can pull back. But my point is for, uh, he got 199 points last year, being priced at 9.5 in midfield this year means he could be brilliant value if he can get the same kind of performance again. But will he get the same amount of goals? Mm. I'm not sure. Martial, on the flip side, got 200 points last year. He's priced even cheaper at 9.0. He's now a forward. But had you adjusted his points as a forward, for a forward position last year, he'd be on 175. So he's lost a huge amount of points. 25 points he's lost. Kind of the inverse of Aubameyang. He would have lost 17 points because he only gets four points for a goal instead of five. Um, he would have lost 14 clean sheets 14 points, that's a lot of clean sheets he would have got an extra 6 bonus, it's not enough to make up for it, so yeah, while he looks while he looks great, he would have only after a, a brilliant season where he got 17 goals you know, if he gets 17 next year I guess that's a success uh, if he gets those 17 goals next year and, and the amount of assists he got as well, he'd still only get 175 points yeah, so does, you know, Jimenez is better yeah, than that is that putting you off Martial? I mean, I think we're spending a bit of time on, on this here, as I said. We can go into it in, in bigger detail when the fixtures come out. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I think I... They're the main price position changes, though. So, like, three of their players have been changed positions. So, it's important no, it is, to speak about I'm not undercutting it. We, we'll stop talking about it. But either way, I'm the same with you. Like, Martial is currently in my team because of the striking options. I feel like he's, you know whatever like he's 9 million uh, I think he's just a nice placeholder until we see what fixtures are coming out that's something we'll get onto later on but you mentioned him he did switch from midfielder to forward and looking at other teams and other midfielders to forwards you have a Richarlison from Everton no price change started last season at 8 this season at 8 now he's a forward he's playing pretty much up top with uh, 
DCL, it is worth noting that towards the end of the season, the last two games specifically, I believe Everton played with one up top and, and Richarlison on the left uh, with a five midfield or something similar to that. Or, uh, it's worth noting whether this continues you know, into the new season. Is, he, is this reclassification something that's really going to be detrimental to his FPL returns? Uh, yeah, well, last year, had he been classified as a forward, he would have scored 12 points less. Not a big, not a lot. You know, when you take out the goals, clean sheets. Would have got an extra 10 in bonus points, so he would have definitely got more bonus. But, again, would have lost nine clean sheets, and uh, he would have lost 13 points from uh, from the goal, the point less you get for a goal. So, yeah, 12 points. He would have went from 165 down to 153. When you think that, you know, Pope last season... You know, he was 4.5. He's 5.5 this year. Got 170 points. You know, you know, is is 8 million for 153 points I think good we'll value? Have to see. I Not agree with really. you. I think we'll have to see what Ancelotti manages to do with Everton this year because I stuck, I was actually went pretty heavy with Everton after the restart uh, at the end of last season. Kind of stung me a bit. They just weren't scoring a lot of goals. Uh, yeah, I got a few yeah. goals for Richardson, but DCL fucked me. And, uh, I know I'll be standing back a bit this season to see if Ancelotti manages to, excuse me, to fix that scoring issue. You know, uh, if they become an attacking mm. option all of a sudden, I'd have no problem playing eight million for a striker. Especially, I think Richardson is a pretty mm-hmm. fucking. It's not bad, but when you consider that Jimenez and Ings are eight point five, I can't see why you'd go for Richardson yeah, again. I do, I do think though, with a caveat, I'm going to put an asterisk next to this. I do think that Richardson could have a 20 goal season in him maybe not 20 but like an 18 19 goal season in him at some stage if not this year the following year if everything gets their shit together if anyone can do that Ancelotti is the manager that can do it so let's keep I'll be keeping an eye on everything and if they look like they've got their shit together yeah then maybe he's a good option then but for the moment there's just too many doubts about him and there's other proven assets I'd rather have for 0.5 no, million more. You, I agree with you. And before we move off of the reclassifications, there's one more left. Actually, no, there's actually the honourable mentions to do as well. But uh, one more left in the midfielders for us, and that's Antonio, who's been moved from a 7.0 midfielder up to a 6.5 striker. Uh, I don't see an issue. For me, I don't have an issue with that. I think 6.5 is exactly what I want to play for pay for a West Ham striker I think if his minutes continue yeah. as it did last year not necessarily his, his form I don't expect to continue especially not for 6.5 um, but like if he was tipping away and getting the 90 minutes and West Ham looked like they were any bit any bit competent as a football team uh, I'd have no issue playing that yeah I like him for 6.5 there's no way, other way to say it um, I thought it'd be more expensive I'm not surprising he's classified as a forward there's doubts about, you know, they've got Haller to come back into the team, I guess, you know, when he's uh, over his injury and stuff like that. But 6.5 is a great price for him. Um, I'll be looking at him at various stages. He was, or is he still in my team? He's not we'll my team. We'll find out moment, after the break. But he was in my team no, the first no couple of drafts. No break, he was in uh, my team after the first couple of drafts anyway. So, yeah, I like him. I think he's worth that price. But you just got to look at the fixtures. Without fixtures, you know, if uh, his fixtures are amazing, the first few will have him. If not, I'll have. If we were to do uh, a shot every time we mentioned without fixtures in this episode, and we're not even halfway through, I'd be pissed by now. You'd be, it'd have to be a write-off. Am I wrong? Yeah. But 
yeah, no, no, not wrong with that. Nothing wrong with Antonio. Um, I think he's good. But there were there was a few other uh, price changes throughout the season that are worth mentioning as well. But those there, were the main guys. Segued perfectly into my transition. Uh, Lundstrom, what we all mentioned last year. I think I was quoting a six point five midfielder. He's not. He's five point five, but he is a midfielder, and uh, that's him done, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he did mention Richie is now back to a midfielder. He's kind of flip flopped over the last couple of seasons. But uh, is, is that midfielder or a defender? Shame, am I? Am I talking to my ring? No, Richie is. Uh, he's moved yeah. from defense to midfielder. He's still yeah. five point oh. Uh, was he five point or five point five last year? I can't recall, but uh, he's five point oh this season. Either way, um, he did spend a lot of last season playing like he right did. Field he scored a couple like of goals towards the end of the season, which is probably ringing fresh in FPL towers. But also, we have Fernandinho, who has now been reclassified as a defender. I think that's kind of interesting because we know how. Nah, well, no interest. no interest now until like City's backline get decimated, <laughs> and you're like, oh well, they're going to play Fernandinho. I mean. Well, are they? I mean, like, Laporte is a lock in there, you know, especially with the preseason after him. Um, they bought Ake, although Ake is a left-sided centre-back, so he's yeah. left-footed as well. So will he play along and he play two left-sided centre-backs in defence? I don't know, because there's no problem playing two right-sided centre-backs, right-footed centre-backs together, but two left-footed centre-backs seems a bit odd, so I think maybe he will. I think that's racist, but, but to, I think what I'm trying to say is that Fernandinho now makes sense in the FPL as before when he was playing as a centre-back and was still classified as a midfielder. He was, don't fucking touch. Now he's kind of moved himself into, oh, well, if the stars align, I can see myself with a, a City defender in a double game week kind of situation. But yeah, no, you're right. In in general, um, not a whole lot to think about there. I do think... Go the on, problem sorry. I... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the problem I don't like about Fernandinho is like he's 35 now. He's going to be 36 before the end of next season. You know, he's going to get reduced minutes. His importance to City is going to be reduced. They bought Rodri for this reason. Um, I can see him playing in midfield more than I can see him playing in defense this season. But Man City are really good for um, for clean sheets. I just don't see him providing any real attacking returns and uh, getting reduced minutes. And there's no, just right. better defenders out there for 5.5 i probably shouldn't have even put him on the goddamn screen Seamus, and i'm sorry <laughs> a lot of a lot of people i've seen online i think no he's, he's a, good a terrible option, option just, for the of the season he's a terrible option i'm not <laughs> saying that in the slightest i'm just saying is as an fpl asset he has now become slightly more valuable due to the reclassifications but True, but he was <laughs> he jump was status before. before. I agree. Uh, someone who I think is the most interesting of the honorable mentions here, and that's Diego Jota. He has now been, again, kind of flip-flopped, if memory serves me correct. He came in as midfielder, forward, now back to midfield. He's now a 6.5 midfielder. Mm-hmm. Probably something I didn't see coming. I didn't think necessarily his games, we spoke before the show, but I didn't think necessarily his games uh, warranted a reclassification. Again, that could be me being an ignorant some bitch, but he was the most surprising to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the new FPL, I've kind of classified the, the reason why they've made Aubameyang's position change. Basically, if you're not playing as uh, you know an orthodox number nine in uh, in this game, you're and you're playing out wide or something like that. If you're not playing in a two up front or if you're not playing in that central role. You're basically a midfielder now. 
which makes sense. It makes its consistency. You know, that's what Salah and Mane have been like. Uh, Sterling, Hazard in the past, things like that. Um, and uh, the reason, same reason goes for Jota. You know, he's been like that position before, although he has played in a two up front quite a bit. They've obviously made the decision that he's just played on the wing a small bit more than he's played up front. So, therefore, he's going to be uh, that. Now, he's the same price as Traore. So, I think I'd almost rather Traore for 6.5. I think Traore is going to have a big season ahead of him this year. He's going to think going to continue to improve. But, you know, Joe, like he has shown in the past he can get the goals. So, I just think there's going to be competition between Prudence and uh, yeah. Neto as they develop. They're young. Neto especially is young. He'll be given more chances. Prudence they bought in January and he's shown a lot of, a lot of uh, he's shown really yeah. potential. No, yeah, exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to crack this can here. So sorry for that. Sip a beer for the noise. working man, Seamus. You know how it goes. Uh, last yeah. on the reclassifications list is Eric Dyer, 5 million Spurs defender right now. Um, Again, I'm not overly concerned with him but I do think it's a decent price especially when you look at like everyone seems to be talking about Lloris which I don't really understand is that a a Mourinho effect thing he's a 5.5 defensive option Dyer's 5 I think the issue with Dyer being 5 and probably something we didn't uh, touch on too often is that there's a shit ton of decent 4.5 options this year decent like Burnley defenders are pretty much stayed where they are uh, Sheffield United I don't think have risen as much as I thought they would there's a shit ton of 4.5 and we will delve into this much deeper closer to the season with fixtures because it just allows us to be a little bit more thorough but as he stands with a 5.0 option to the Spurs defence especially when you look at the likes of Aurier's 5.5 Alderweireld 5.5 as I said Lloris 5.5 uh, I don't think that's a terrible uh, price point I think you know if you wanted to get in there well, uh, yeah, Dyer, if he's starting, might be too bad for... That's a 5.0 way into the Spurs. I said a while ago, I didn't want to armchair manage, but to indulge the armchair manager in me, I do think that Dyer is going to probably be one of Mourinho's uh, pet projects this year. I don't know why. Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it certainly got that impression did, towards yeah. the end of last season when he started saying you know, he's going to play centre back, and maybe he will. Maybe he went to take a drink um, out of my microphone there. Who, who's, mm. <laughs> who's that? Uh, who did they sell? Or they're selling to, um, I don't know, Sociedad or someone like that. It's um, is it Vertonghen or is it uh, Alvarez? Vertonghen. You catch me off guard there, buddy. I do not know. I always get those two guys mixed up because they're both well, like tall. If memory tall, serves me correct, Alvarez just signed a new deal, didn't he? So I doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is Vertonghen. I'm almost yeah. certain it's Vertonghen. Um, so Vertonghen's on his way, um, which is one less defender. Sanchez is there, and obviously they fight as well, who's kind of more of a utility player, can play right back, especially since they got rid of Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, but I think that um, you know Aria got a price increase uh, as well. I think uh, there's a good chance that Dyer could be playing. And uh, if he doesn't, he can play in midfield as well. So there's a good chance he'll get a lot of starts for 5.0. Could be a good option. The reason there's a lot of love for Lloris is that of all the keepers that I analyzed last season, and uh, this isn't including Foster, Ramsdale, or Krull because uh, they had actually been removed from the game before I get the chance to check sloppy, this. But uh, of all the options. players... Well, all, well, I checked their uh, I checked their number of double points that they got last year and number of clean sheets, but I didn't actually make a note of their overall points and price so per, price per game. But of all the of all the players that were in the game last season that are here this season, 
Lloris had the most points per game. He averaged 4.67 points per game last season. And uh, if you break that down per for his price, 5.5, he has the best price per game ratio to his price of all so the that's players why he's getting all the that love. are in there. So uh, that could be a reason why he's getting all the loves. But like he did keep a lot of clean sheets, and they did look defensively sound once he returned and after the break. And if you trust Mourinho to do one thing, it's to tighten teams up defensively. So that's that's possibly a reason for that. So Dyer could be a good pro- price. Well, you mentioned Lloris there, right? Like, it's a perfect segue into... Maybe it's our us being on Twitter and we're fucking getting trapped in a bubble and everyone's talking about Lloris, because I am seeing quite a bit of it. When you're to look at the most transferred in goalkeepers this season, Lloris isn't, uh, isn't in the top ten. Do you know, like number one, oh, Pope. Yeah, thirty-three. I mean, I've seen people thirty-three point eight percent of there. players have transferred in Pope. I suppose he's the one that the general atmosphere is all around in terms of like someone that had an outstanding year and you know was on the edge of the Golden Gloves there coming into the last game of the season, and they're hoping can you know move on from here and kind of improve. To me, and I'm saying this right now without asking you, 5.5 is too much for a Burnley defender. What do you think? Yeah, it is. I mean, I want to have a 4.5 defender. You know, I want um, 4.5. I want somebody with save points, basically. You know, he's going to get a lot of saves. And you don't think, excuse me, you don't think a premium um, attacker, or sorry, premium goalkeeper, fuck me. Uh, is going to get all these uh, save points. So Ederson, you know, he's going to get clean sheets. He won't get save points. Same with kind of usually De Gea, apart from the season that he made all those saves because, you know, his defense was shit. Um, same with Allison, you know, to a large extent. Pope makes a ton of save points, but he also keeps clean sheets. So 170 points last season, we said on the last pod, that was slightly higher than De Gea's amazing season a few years back, and we had no problem all just piling in on him. What I will say is that, again, the stats show that Lloris is better value. Uh, now, he didn't play a full season. He only played 21 games. And he had uh, 98 points. But he made uh, saves per game of 3.81, which is the highest in the league. You know, the next highest was actually Gaeta at 3.17 and Pope at mm-hmm. 3.16. But, you know, is Lloris's numbers... Actually, sorry, Heaton was slightly higher, and so was Leno. Actually, good point. So Leno and Lloris making a lot of saves. So that you know, the logic is these guys can't, you know, won't make a lot of saves, but they are. They do that next season. I'd rather both of those. Well, yeah, Pope. and I think the issue with Pope is that you can get in on Burnley defenders at four point five, like I mentioned already. The likes of me, five million. Tarkowski, five point five million. But you know, your your Bardsleys, your Taylors, he he's they're also four point five. That's the big difference. There you go. If you want to get involved in Burnley clean sheets, I definitely think that is the better way to do it. If you can find the Barsley, Peters, or Taylor. I like Taylor. I don't really know if uh, Peters is going Keep to spot. Yeah. You know, get in front of Taylor. Or Taylor's going to front of Barsley seems like he's more likely to stay ahead of Loughton, I think. Uh, the point right is back. you can get cheaper Burnley but, options. Now, hopefully we're not eating our words at the end of yeah. the season. But, you know, looking at another goalkeeper that is quite common, 25% selected so far, Matty Ryan. 4.5 million, you know? Yeah. 
he isn't my keeper at the moment. I've got McCarthy in goals. Sorry to well, spoil I feel things, like that's but, you know, you being biased. It's my namesake, so exactly. I have to go. One hundred percent. I'm going with Ryan because he's not McCarthy. That's like I'm almost anti-biased to your name, sake. Yeah, well, they're both Irish names, you know. Ryan is a tip name. McCarthy, that's probably you more should West fucking Cork. know. You are McCarthy. Like, you know, you seem so confident on Ryan, and then McCarthy probably, probably a bit closer down to the to the river. But uh, yeah, no, Ryan's four point five. Well, uh, Ryan's definitely a tip name. Uh, Ryan, it is a tip name, <laughs> but, and Ryan is a four point five uh, goalkeeper. Button also smashing the top six owned uh, goalkeeper so far this season with eight percent because he accompanies Ryan so much. And I'm like not lying. At the moment, I have Nylon as my four keeper, but I do have Ryan. I think that makes sense. And uh, if I was to start the season with Ryan, I probably would start with Pope or with Button as my uh, my second in command of the you know net. Yeah, at least you know if. Uh... Ryan doesn't play for whatever reason gets injured then you've got you don't have to waste to yeah. keep a transfer that's the beautiful thing about it whereas if I go for McCarthy and I have Button or a different uh, 4.0 as my backup if Ryan gets dropped for Gunn who has played games and Forster's coming back from Celtic after having a good season with them maybe he's going to be more confident maybe the manager wants to give him a go for a game or two in some games and if that happens, I don't have a backup because my 4.0 is not going to play. If you've got Ryan, you know Button's going to play. If Ryan's yeah. not playing, so one less transfer. So I get the idea behind it. And Ryan had a great season last year for, uh, like, what did he get? 130, 135. 135 points. Do you know what made me go with Ryan, James? Probably. I'll tell you right now. I had Ederson in there, and obviously I'm looking to cut points. Ederson came out with a grand total of 133 points last year. Ryan coming out with 135. That just sealed the deal for me. I was like, I was willing to go yeah. 6 million Man City, like they kept a shit ton of clean sheets. I know Ederson was, because he was one of those players that I was constantly looking at in, in other players' teams and going, ah, there's the City clean sheet, bumping him up an extra four or five points. And he was pretty much like the easy kind of, he's my take in my spot and I'll reduce him if I need to. Saw that Ryan had two points more than Ederson and it blew my mind. He's not. It's not worth it. You know, just just go for a set and forget 4.5. The save points make a big difference over the course of the season. It may not feel like it, but, you know, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to worth it. Even in Ederson's better seasons, like if he if he kept an extra three clean sheets, that would be an extra 12 points. Is it worth it for the, next, the extra 1.5? You know, I don't think so. And again, the worst thing about it takes up a city spot. Well, you want sometimes there's going to be times in the season you're going to want three Man City attackers based on a fixture, or double game week or something. So, yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't want to use transfers getting rid of Ederson in a situation like that. So I'm happy to go with someone like uh, Ryan or McCarthy. I'm I'm definitely looking at 4.5. I will be looking at Ramsdale if Sheffield United sign him. They've had an offer accepted. Let's yeah, see how that 100%. plays out. Uh, and you mentioned City there and the amount of attackers they have, and KDB sits in 62.5% of teams at the moment. And uh, it makes sense to me. You know, it's like, yeah, I think he's the one that's going to be coming into the season as uh, as the main target, I'd say, for, like, last year we were looking at the likes of Salah and Mane. I think everyone's going to be looking at KDB this year. I think he's kind of turned pretty much everyone's fucking head at this stage. You can't look past the top point no. scorer in FPL from last season. You can't look past him. The first, always going to be the first player we look for price-wise. 
um, maybe with the exception of Trent this year. Uh, but yeah, De Bruyne was like one of the first. When I saw he was 11.5, I was like, well, he's underpriced based on his performance from last year. And I feel like he can keep that up. In actual fact, towards the end of the season, the very end of the season, emerged he's um, number one for penalties. So if he's nailed on for penalties next year, maybe Aguero is still, I don't know, maybe Aguero comes back and is in the team and he takes the penalties. But there's also an equal chance that Aguero, having missed a couple of penalties, is has to wait for De Bruyne to miss yeah, one. No, and, I think, it, I think it's know, KDB to will. be taken off him, if you ask me. Because uh, we did see KDB... Uh, take penalties with a girl on the pitch if memory serves me correctly um, but yeah I think him being on penalties he's pretty much standing over nearly every fucking set piece and uh, yeah he's arguably the best player in the Premier League so yeah no no surprise to see him at 62.5% it is a surprise to see no other City midfielder in the top 10 or 12 than Foden who considering he missed the last couple of games uh, towards the end of last season, he didn't start against Leon, and I know these might be tactical reasons, blah, 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 but it is a bit worrying, and he's a 6.5 option this season in 12% of teams, but I'm not looking at him. But that's a consequence of so many options in as a premium option in midfield. People don't want to go De Bruyne and Sterling. Sterling is the, obviously the other main one you might go for in that also city in midfield. You could go Maris, but yeah, Maris is also kind of while he had an excellent season last year, and I think he's priced pretty well that he's interesting. The fact that his starts are so unpredictable is off-putting, and you saw that even the Champions League. He didn't even start in the Champions League match yeah. against Leon. So if you can't trust Pep to start him. That's a lot of money when there's so many other good options there. So Sterling is really the only other viable option now that's, uh, uh, what's his name is gone? Uh, David Silva's gone. Foden is just in a different price bracket, so I'm not including that. Um, and he's actually the next highest owned Man City yeah, midfielder as a matter of interest. But uh, yeah, the Sterling one is just purely because people don't want both. They're going, you know what, I could have my Man City coverage with, with De Bruyne. And that's a protection pick for a lot of people. And then they're going, well, the next premium I want is either going to be Liverpool. And that's a toss-up between Mane and Salah. But it's not really a toss-up because Salah's on penalties. So you can see from the stats, Salah's hugely owned. Mane is not showing in the top 10 most transferred in uh, owned midfielders at all. Uh, Aubameyang is interesting. What a lot of players. Of and the, Fernandes, the of course. Mane not being in there, but Salah being right in there. Well, what I see is the top four owned midfielders are all penalty yeah, takers. that's a good point. So you've got De Bruyne, Fernandes, you know, and, and Aubameyang. Um, Aubameyang's a bit of a surprise, and I know we touched him already. I didn't expect him to just smash straight into the you know top owned midfielders, and I'm I'm very surprised to not see Mane in there because I think, for me, considering where I was two years ago in the Sané or Sané Mane Salah debate, I have pretty much you know decided I was wrong they're a toss of a coin between the two of them I think they're both fantastic options mm -hmm. you know the difference being Salah takes penalties I think at times you know that's it that's the only difference as in literally I think they should be priced the exact same if Salah didn't have penalties but the fact that Salah has penalties I think he should be yeah. 0.5 more maybe even a million more but that's the only difference 0.5 is probably enough for the penalties yeah. but if they're both the same price I can't look past the penalties man I've I made this, I had this thought, I didn't make a decision, but I've I had a thought on this a few weeks ago. 
Well, remember at the start, this time last year, before the season kicked off, VAR was about to be introduced. We were like, oh, Milijevic, Milijevic for uh, for Crystal Palace. We were like, nailed on my team. Got to have him on my team. No one actually really looked at him in the end. Some people did go for him. How many penalties did he score last year? I think he scored like two, three maybe. Got, got very, very little. And I think that the v- VAR is just benefiting the bigger teams more when it comes to penalty because decisions. Because they're faster? Or... Um, maybe. Well, yeah, I think they're, they're faster. So And they're you can kind of double up on players less. Like People can double up on Zaha and then... Therefore, he doesn't have to be left in a one-on-one situation in the box yeah. and he doesn't get fouled. Whereas with Man United, you can't double up on any one player. With Arsenal, it's very hard to double up on any one player because there's also going to be another player that's going to uh, penalise you or hurt you if you, uh, if you leave them free. So they go man for man and then you go man for man, more chance that your mm. player gets it wrong. He gets past that player, that player holds him down. And I think that's why United gets so many penalties. Yeah. I think it's just um, like... You know, and I think... Yeah. The, the big teams are going to get more penalties, and I think that's why you want Salah in your team rather than Mane. That's why you want Fernandes in your team more than no, you want Rashford. I completely agree with you there, Seamus. But there is a player in amongst uh, the top transfer midfielders who has yet to set foot, uh, you know, on the 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 FPL fucking pitch, the proverbial pitch, and that's Ziyech for Chelsea, eight million. And that's right, I did say Ziyech. I believe that's how he pronounces it, not Ziyech or Ziyech. I think it's Ziyech. And uh, yeah, 8 million, 21.2% at the time of recording, owned, uh, transferred in. And I believe your draft had him in there as well? Yeah, he's been in a couple of my drafts. I think I'm on my third draft and he's in my current one. I think he was in my second draft too. And the re- reason being, he's just covering a price point. I'm trying to have players at certain prices, two premiums, then maybe a, a third player in around the 8 to yeah. 9 million mark. Um, allows me to move to players. I kind of want Pulisic, but he's going to be—he's injured at the minute, and he's working his way back to fitness. May or may not be back for the start of the season. So, you know, Ziyech could become Pulisic, but I think Ziyech is better value than, we'll say, for example, Pogba yeah. at eight million. Pogba's looked off it recently. Ziyech has some amazing stats before he came into the Premier League. So, last year in the Premier in the uh, the league he was in. <laughs> oh, excuse me, he was in. Yeah. It was the Dutch league. Sorry, I've got, the uh, I've got gas. Yeah, in the era of he had uh, he'd only 21 appearances. He had reduced minutes um, uh, because of injury and things like that. So he'd only uh, 16,000 minutes, um, or 1,600 minutes, excuse me. He had six goals, 12 assists. Season before that, he had 16 goals, 13 assists. Season before that, nine goals, 15 assists. Season before that, nine and 12. Season four, that's 17 and 10. Season four, that's 13 and 16. He has proven to get like close to around 10 to 15 goals in a season, over a full season. And he's always gotten 10 plus assists in the last six seasons. He loves a shot. Okay, He shoots from distance. Um, he gets a lot of key passes per game. He just looks like ripe for FPL points. He kind of reminds me... Stats-wise, before he came into the season, of someone like Bruno Fernandes a small bit, even though he kind of plays more on the, the right wing, um, which is where he's probably expected to play with Pulisic on the left. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm very interested in him. I'm also interested in Timo yeah. Werner. So the drafts I've had Werner, I haven't had Z- Ziyech. Or, like, I'm glad one of us did the research because I don't know how to pronounce his name. I watched yes, a, a, I'll a learn clip it. on Twitter. I wouldn't call it research. But, go on. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll either have... I'm pretty sure I'm going to either have... 
Ziyech, Werner, or Pulisic if he's fit for game week one in my yeah. team game week one. I just haven't decided no. who yet. Um, I think they're all really well priced and they're going to return points. And I want to get involved in, like, if, if Pulisic is injured, I want to, I want to, the chance, the player I want to give a, a chance to is going to be one of those two. Werner or, no, or Ziyech. I think other people are reflecting, are doing that too, and that's why it's reflected it is, in the transfers. You said Werner, he's 35.9% transferred in. Uh, come A little surprising to me, I get, I get the reason he's 9.5, but uh, unproven. I tend to let, let players settle into the not just unproven with Chelsea unproven in the entire fucking league so I, I want to let players settle in a bit uh, just to see what, what they fucking are I would be lying if I pretended to know Ziyech other than stats that you've listed out or I've read in, in other places it's like okay this guy looks like he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a baller and uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna let them settle in uh, personally. But you, you, you seem pretty convinced on Ziyech and the fucking FBI community seem convinced on Werner. He is the the top transferred in striker, uh, just a, above of Martial by about five percent. And I think the issue is just looking at the most transferred in strikers is the difference in quality between your Werner and your Martial's nine point five nine million in terms of most transferred in, and then it just drops. Drops down to Mitrovic at six. Twenty-eight percent of uh, players have Mitrovic at the moment. Six million. I don't know. We've talked about the big teams. We talked about Chelsea. We talked about Man United. Fulham. Touching some some promotional uh, prospects for us here, Seamus. You you expecting Mitrovic to return to what he was at the beginning of the 2018-2019 season? Um. I think Mitrovic, when I well, he was in the league yeah. last time, I had him. I think he's useful. If Fulham are better, he might be a good, better asset. You know, he he'll get get his head on a ton of headers, and the stats will show he's had so many shots on target. A lot of them are tame headers, weak headers that he's just getting. From I believe across. for like they're the not, shots on target. They're, they're, a lot of those aren't big chances. Highest amount of misses or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, he will shoot. I mean, you will see him score a cracker outside the box every so often. But most of his shots are going to be, you know, a header from the penalty spot, you know, under pressure that, you know, he may get on target. He may get may not get on target. It's going to look like his stats are showing loads of shots. But it's really come down to, to, to the finishing. If Fulham are in games, then, you know, he may prove to be useful. I'll definitely keep an eye on him. For six million, he's definitely a good shout for value. And, uh, you know, when you compare him to other strikers in that price bracket, like yeah. Jordan Ayew. No, he's well, there's no one in the, I, I imagine in, he's only five behind Antonio yeah. and Woods. I'd rather those guys, but not by no, much. No, I get you. I mean, like he's only he's the only six million striker in the top ten, twelve. Like there is an Antonio there for six point five, but we know he's a reclassification, and there's a Bamford there for five point five. I think it'd be interesting to focus more heavily, I suppose, on the promotional, the promotion, the promoted players. As we kind of see what the fix, you know, what fixtures lay ahead, but looking underneath Mitrovic, we have a Jimenez. Twenty-two percent of players, our teams have transferred Jimenez in. I think we know what he is. You've called him the postman multiple times. He always fucking delivers, and uh, yeah, I think eight point five is a fair price. He's the same price as Danny Ings, pretty much same ownership. I think he's slight. I think he's slightly underpriced. So? If anything, Ings or Jimenez. I think Jimenez should be nine. I thought I was expecting him to come in at nine. Uh, wouldn't have been totally surprised if he was nine point five, but I thought nine was what he would come in at. He seems underpriced. I think he'll still prove value at eight point five. Ings at eight point five seems almost slightly overvalued. 
you know me I had him last year he was a hero for me loved the man but unless he does what he did last year 8.5 is going to be 8.5 would, would be fine for 200 points hmm because he still you know I still don't see Southampton scoring that many goals this being said right Southampton I've got McCarthy in goals and one of the reasons being is that I think Hassel Hoopla has got Southampton on the up and I can see an uptick in performance I would be interested in their teams at the start Shea Adams is 2.5 million yeah. cheaper than him he's kind of he's half interesting me just because of the price difference I think he will be better this year than he was last year I think he got off to a bad start but towards the end of the season after project restart he was he, he was, was good he was tipping you know he was almost as good as ings you know so yeah i'll be i don't know 8.5 is a lot it's only one million more is Werner, and i think Werner is more explosive the thing with ings is he never really got too many double digit hauls i think he got three last year is what i, I my research told me um he's good for eight or nine points and um yeah 8.5 i don't know ings always just strikes me as somebody who shouldn't be more than eight 7.58 yeah. even yeah, I but his amazing season like that's as good a season as you can yeah. expect from Ings I don't know if I can expect him to have that season again I hope he does I don't I know he's if an it's option. A, if but it's I can see him in a ginger ale or, or what but you're actually talking sense yeah no I completely agree I think Jimenez is undervalued at 8.5 I was expecting him to be hitting the 9 million mark akin to a Vardy and uh, yeah Ings 8.5 not a fucking hope of my paying 8.5 8.5 for a Southampton striker <laughs> do you know not unless he yeah. makes me eat my words like he did last season and then he could but he could that's, that's the issue he could but I would rather I would, and I would rather him than Richarlison at 8 I would say that but I mean when you consider that somebody like as I said Werner is 9.5 he's somebody that's interesting if I don't go for ZH 28 goals 8 assists in 33 starts and one substitute appearance last year I've seen him play and he is excellent and he's somebody that kind of excites me. I'm like, man, he could hit the ground running like... Um, now, I know it didn't work out for him, but Morata hit the ground running for Chelsea. And Diego Costa, we know how yeah. good he was. Yeah. No, excuse, we know how good he was. They all came in at 10.5 at the time. So I was expecting him to come in at the same price. At 9.5, I'm like, he's underpriced. He comes in, does anything resembling what these guys did at the start. You know, everyone's going to be piling in on him. And if he doesn't, 1 million more allows me to get to the likes of Aguero, was also underpriced at 10.5. Can't believe he's 10.5. And that could be an easier second option to a City attacker than yeah, someone no, like Sterling. Yeah, and Kane coming in this year at 10.5. Pretty... I mean, I assume it's just to offload uh, the, the heft they've added to the midfield with Aubameyang. It's like, let's give them some fucking premium striker options because I'm not convinced in anyone. Uh, like, the likes of Martial and Werner... Maybe to an extent, Vardy with ten million are probably the most convinced I am by strikers at the moment in FPL. Uh, Kane and Aguero, yeah. I'm not willing to stretch that far. Not with the likes of Sterling and KDB with City and Son coming in at fucking nine million for Spurs. It's just like I feel like I can, I can live with that. But that is the strikers, and um, we have skipped over the defenders. So ye eagle-eyed listeners slash viewers might have might have noticed, wait, you went from goalies to midfielders. I think that's because, for me, the defensive options are just kind of ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> like, is Alexander-Arnold running away with it, 56% of uh, teams, pretty much the KDB of, of the defense in terms of no one's really, whether it be sheer fate or, or, or fear, 
everyone wants a bit of Trent this season, and yeah, that's fine with me. Which means, yeah. like the likes of Robertson, who's creeping in there with only a ten percent ownership and a 0.5 million cheaper option, could easily become a bit of a differential if you wanted to, you know, to to play that game at the start of the season. But the rest of them, Dart, even Dyke, Wambasaka, Egan for Sheffield United, all like pretty uh pretty st- you know things you'd expect i think the likes of ake 5.5 bit of a surprise i know i'm not thinking really of ake i need to see him settle into the city team get his place a couple of games in there i'm not looking him at all 13 percent of teams are but <clears throat> i think that's a, a bit a bit uh premature as you as you know Seamus. as i what you, was i mean you you you're as premature as i know that's what i mean what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, Alexander Arnold is underpriced. No two ways about it. Seven point five. I think everyone thought it was going to be eight million mm. at the minimum. You know, I think that's as as expensive as we've seen a defender has been about eight million. I think that was Baines back in the day. Maybe Vidic and Terry around the same time. Um, but like, how he's not a well, million, I think it's because like I mean, the, I, he didn't surpass Robertson, and they priced Robertson at seven million last year. So they're going, look, maybe, like, how can maybe. we just... Like, what if he does go on and absolutely take Baines, turn him into an absolute fucking bit of dust and, uh, you know, own the FPL Defenders fucking all-time greatest option ever, you know? But that's that's reflected in his ownership, man. So what's his ownership? 56% yeah, so far? Everyone knows his own. Yeah, I mean, uh, as much as anything else, I mean, why would... There's the upside for him... For going for someone like Robertson instead of Alexander Arnold, the the upside is not worth the risk. You know, if uh, if they match each other and you are you know, and you have Alexander Arnold and instead of Robertson, it could be you know, that's this you know, I think that's as best as they can do. Kind of maybe match each other. I don't see Alexander Arnold getting less than two hundred points next year, and if he does, seven point five yeah. is an absolute steal. If he's a seven point five midfielder getting two hundred points, like we talked about, uh, you know, Martial maybe getting two hundred points or Rashford getting two hundred points, and we're talking about paying nine nine point five for these guys. I think Alexander Arnold is easy worth eight point five nine. So it, I was going to buy him when he was eight anyway. So when I saw he was seven point five, I was like, "There's an extra point five I, I would have been questioning, questioning it at eight point five to nine. I won't lie. You know, I'd have been going. Maybe there was at least yeah, a decision, a decision to, to be had. I was like. 7.5 more expensive than last year yeah getting my team son like he's the first defender in a decade that has made me consider captaining a defender uh, I'm gonna I think he's yeah. completely uh, captainable I think uh, the clean sheet is like saying I'm pretty sure he's uh, sure the goal uh, so they should get a clean sheet there's your goal the amount of fucking set pieces he's on like I don't want to fucking harp or wax lyrical about Trent but you know it is, yeah, no, you, you've swung me around, Chance. I hadn't, I didn't even come into this episode thinking I'm going to be like Trent's underpriced. He's seven point five. This is a travesty. You, you've completely convinced me, Seamus. We need to kick up a fuss and get this changed. You with that? You with me? Uh, well, it'll be. I'm fairly certain it's going to be changed next year when they see him do massive things. We said at the start of last season's pod, we thought he was going to be the, the highest uh, defender point scorer. He was. And uh, yeah, I think next year he will be again, and he'll prove value. Uh, he's young; he's going to show it. The next player on the list, there owner ownership wise, is Darty, who at six point oh million is again excellent value. It's, uh, 
we saw how good Wolves were defensively towards the end of the season. We know he's got a, like four or five goals in him a season, you know, under five or six assists in him as well. Um, when you compare him to the likes of the other 6.0 defenders like Dean or someone like that or Laporte, uh, I think he's, you know, the best value. Um, you know, Van Dijk is a small bit more expensive and uh, who is it? Robertson is a bit more expensive. Let me ask you, actually, are you considering a Liverpool double up in defence? Again, the fixtures or the things I'm saving that for are very possible. Very possible. Like, the more I look at formations and it's something we haven't probably spoke about too much but I've, I've messed around with all of them in terms of you know f- three five two fucking three four three like what can i do with all this bullshit um it would it's gonna i'm gonna need fixtures to get a clear picture of what i want to do with liverpool because i think salah is pretty much salah slash mané one of them is in my team i'll probably like I like the more I'm looking at the midfield headache I'm getting, the more I'm thinking I just drop a player out of midfield and just have a Liverpool the fullback, i.e. Robertson, and uh, I think that'll just pretty much cover most. And then hopefully I get lucky with my uh, my differentials. You know. Yeah, and I put it this way: I think for six point five for Van Dyke, you know, the last couple of seasons he's gotten about the two hundred point mark. Um, I can't tell the exact figures off my top of my head now, but. If you were to get 200 points for 6.5 midfielder, you would be laughing. So I think, you know, there is a there's a lot to be said for going, you know what? I'll just make, instead of having a 6.5 fort midfielder, I'll just make that, uh, I'll play an extra defender and just make that a 4.5 junk uh, midfielder. There's like, I can see this is like one less headache to worry about. No, I completely, week. that is as like, I, when I set my team, I didn't look at it that way. And without even reading or listening or, or noting too much FPL wise, since then, I've already started coming towards maybe just fucking getting another Liverpool fullback in because those cons are essentially midfielders. And uh, yeah, it takes a little bit of pressure off of the, the purse strings there in the middle of the field. But look, we are running a little bit long, Seamus. So we're going to quickly uh, talk about our current drafts. And we're going to see pretty much where we are. I don't want to... We've pretty much talked about all of this shit already. I'm looking at your team here in front of me. You've mentioned McCarthy, Trent, Doherty, Fernandez, De Bruyne. You've actually gone man instead of Salah, oddly enough. Uh, Zish, which we've talked about. And uh, there's a couple of ones in there that... Before we get onto the odd ones, I suppose Vinagre is someone that we both share and someone that I suppose is going to benefit at the moment, you know, transfers as they are, uh, from the Johnny ACL injury. So Johnny did pull an ACL not so long ago, two weeks ago, and that pretty much opens up the spot for for your your man at 4.5, which is a, a, a nice little kind of... Side, sideways into the Wolves defence especially if you're not willing to splash out in the 6 million for Doherty so I think we both know what we're doing there you have him on your team but looking at the other ones Seamus you have a Dallas in there you've yeah that was ailing yeah. for a while I changed it to Dallas um, I'm probably not going to make too many chances on promoted teams but I may take one in a 4.5 minute defender especially um, ailing and Dallas are the ones that the Leeds fans I've spoke to have said are most likely to have the highest type of potential. Um, yeah, and I, I, there's a lot of talk that uh, Leeds will, you know, do what Sheffield United did this season just gone. You know, they they won't finish 
in a relegation battle, they will finish up in 10th to 13th position kind of thing, you know. They're the most likely to finish higher up the league. And, you know, they won the league. And, uh, yeah, if that does happen, you want uh, maybe a defender from their team. And, uh, yeah, maybe it's just a, it's just an interesting one. I don't know. that. Like, as I said, I've been aggregate there in my team. And uh, there's a, an opportunity to double up on Wolves' defence. But that could easily be a Burnley defender or something like that. I've gone for Ferguson as my 4.0 because uh, he's the new signing for Crystal Palace. And a lot of the, the talk is that he's going to be next one. Basaka playing right back. And, um, yeah, Joel Ward has to... You know, he can't play forever. And there's a lot of hype around this guy. And maybe he turns into one Basaka from two yeah, seasons ago. Crossed, Let's yeah. see. You also have a Davis for Villa there, 4.5, another player we share. And, uh, yeah, another player that's highly like in the top six players owned forwards wise I believe and uh, a bit of a surprise 4.5 I think we're probably remembering the end of the last season when he got a couple of couple of games and you're thinking may, may, maybe yeah, he gets a, a run on the team <laughs> literally just remember him getting game time towards the end of the season and I was like 4.5 you know what get on my bench but Connor Wickham was an option again I had Connor Wickham last year I could have went for him again uh, I didn't. I just went with Davies. That's not set in stone. But uh, what I, what is set in stone is that my fourth, sorry, third striker will be will be garbage. It will be four point five. But um, who's the other guy? There's uh, another guy for um, Liverpool Brewster. is four point five. Yeah, it's not going to be him because I don't want to. I think the talk is if Liverpool managed to to get a lo- if he gets a loan to a different Premier League team, maybe he does become an option. So that could be... I know there's a few teams looking at him at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, uh, there's not a whole lot of other shocks in your, in, in your first draft. Again, we're not going to go into this too much. I mean, we both fucking know that it's pretty much meaningless. You were shocked to see this <laughs> as as your draft. I was shocked to see Calvert-Lewin and yeah. Wood as my strikers. The last uh, formation I, I thought I had uh, had uh, Werner up front and uh, ZH was... Um, uh, say maximum or something like that um so say maximum armstrong those are good 5.5 options i think suchek is a really good option for 5 million um i've gone Mane over salah like you mentioned there because Mane always starts the season on fire and i make a mental note each year to go for Mane instead of salah and then switch over to salah as the season progresses and i never do so i was like man maybe i'll do it this year probably not but uh <laughs> it's gonna come down yeah I, I like i may just chicken out and i just go for salah it's also a slightly yeah. differential to uh what everyone's probably going Again, to do and go for we're Salah. We're not going to put too much fucking fate in all this. I've got my my differential or my first draft up there. Bit mad, like you mentioned. Um, your Ferguson is your four four million defender. I actually have Brantweight in there. Just again, memories of the end of the last season. I was like, oh, he got a couple of games. He didn't look too bad. I believe I had him in my game week thirty eight plus squad. But I've got him super heavy across the midfield mm-hmm. with Salah, Son, Rashford, De Bruyne, and Traore. No Fernandez. Um, I just think, like as we said, I think the points are going to be in midfield this year. I've gone super cheap then in, in strikers, the same as yourself, Seamus. I've gone Martial, so one premium and two 4.5s, which will no doubt change because I think that's a terrible idea. Two yeah, four no, I think that's okay. A, well, see, I could yeah. do that too. So you're 4.5 plus Martial. What's that coming to? Uh, 13.5. And I've gone for a 7 and a 6.5. So that's where my... Uh, Calvert-Lewin and uh, yeah. Woods comes in. But I, I don't even like two 6.5s. I like guys at different price points. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to change that and have somebody more up in the 8.5 or 9 yeah, million mark. Yeah, possibly. The more I look at the and, likes of Mitrovic, and, and as we mentioned points. earlier on, like 6 million for Mitrovic, I'm thinking he could be a sneaky little way just to have a playing second striker for me. But 
again, we got to see fixtures and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, yeah. they're, they're the drafts. There's nothing mad in there. It looks what, good. Uh, looks good. I like I like your team. I, mean, I think Rashford is going to have a better season than Martial this year, even though Martial impressed me more the back end of last year. That's the reason I think he's in a lot of people's teams. His form was excellent, but his classification as a forward, unless he ups his goal output, is going to re- result in a reduced amount of points. Rashford, I think... He's going to suffer. I think you're right in what you said. He's going to lose some penalties. But I do think he's probably going to up his output. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Any players, Seamus, before we wrap this up that you feel like we have missed? We didn't mention Kane and you have Son in your team. We didn't really mention those. I think Son is definitely underpriced. I thought he would come in at 10. He's been consistent over the last few seasons. So 9, I think he's definitely worth value. I'll be looking at Spurs if their fixtures are good. Even 10.5 for Kane. You know, he looked really good at the end of last season. And we mentioned Aguero is also 10.5. Underpriced. If the fixtures are good, I'll be looking to have that price point. 100%. And I think the key word there is if the fixtures are good. And that's something that we're going to be keeping a keen eye on. As we said at the top of the episode, the fixture list is out in a couple of days. So we should be able to reevaluate this and throw everything we've just done over the last few days directly into the bin because it was a complete waste of time. But that is FPL and that is why we love it. Before we wrap up, folks, I would like to thank everyone who is still listening, still watching. You can follow us on Twitter at FPL Hangover. You can reach out to us on Twitter. You can also reach out to us on Gmail at FBLHangover at gmail.com. I would ask you, if you are still here at this point of the show, please like, retweet. If you're on YouTube, fucking subscribe, because that shit means something, apparently. So like, subscribe, retweet, all of the usual shit you're used to hearing. Imagine I just said it all right there and do it all. Even if you don't like what you heard, if you're still here right now, that's saying something. So maybe just fucking subscribe or like anyway. Uh... If you don't like what you hear, it's more important to subscribe and, and like the podcast. Yeah, learn the errors of your way. But, uh, yeah, we will wrap it up there. Uh, Seamus, you got anything nice to say to these these pleasant FPL folks? No, guys, other than just really enjoy it. The price will be out soon. And we'll have, or sorry, the fixtures will be out soon. Just enjoy yeah. the tinkering. You know, be kind to each other. Don't, uh, no need to be so... So bitter. I feel like you are having <laughs> terrible there. experiences online right now. Shame I've seen it. I've seen it on Twitter. People are like, oh, why are you making multiple traps? This is the fun part of the season. Enjoy yeah. it. Have fun. There'll be plenty of times this season we're going to be coming off the back of a bad game week. Red arrows, no. whatnot. Um, yeah, enjoy it. Engage in the community. If you're on Twitter, send us a DM. Send us uh, a tweet. Send Tag us. You know, your, like the podcast. You're FPL it. drunk, Seamus. So any dick pics, as I, as I constantly remind people, just that way, keep them in that direction we won't have any issues uh but yeah do get involved enjoy it until it all kicks off because that's when the hell starts that's when the whole new hellscape will begin and you'd be wishing it was pre-season all over again uh yeah again thanks for listening guys and god bless 